As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to What is Going Ohms, transforming your destiny by decoding your emotional DNA, in which hosts Sandy Sedgebeer and Judy Wilkins-Smith help you unravel and reframe the unconscious ancestral patterns that may be secretly limiting your success in life, love, finance, and career. Welcome to episode two of Transforming Your Destiny by Decoding Your Emotional DNA with the founder of System Dynamics for Organizations and Individuals, Judy Wilkins-Smith. And this month, we're going to be focusing on a topic which has been worshipped, despised, lusted after, rejected, judged, misunderstood, and misused throughout the ages. We're talking, of course, about the single most desired and disdained of all human creations, money, and more specifically, your money and your money DNA. Judy Wilkins-Smith, welcome back. Hello, Sandy. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Judy? Great. It's good to be with you again. It is indeed. And I'm going to start by reading a statement you made that some might find a little startling. You said... Money is not a commodity, it's a relationship. So tell me more about this special relationship. Absolutely. Money is a relationship. It's a synonym for just about everything in the world. It represents freedom. It represents security. But it's very much how we relate to money that drives whether we will or won't, can or can't be successful with it. And a lot of that, of course, as you might imagine, comes from your money inheritance, your money DNA. So yes, yet another subsection of your emotional DNA. We don't realize how much we're governed by it, but it runs the relationship we have with money. Yeah, you call it the strongest of taskmasters. You say that money provides opportunities of every sort. It teaches us many ways to grow and many ways to fail to grow. Um, and it reveals our deepest fears and provides the means for realising some of our greatest joys. I don't think any of us would argue with that. Or the fact that when our relationship with money is healthy, it supports us, and when it's not, it undermines our lives. So I'm beginning to understand why you say that Money DNA is perhaps one of your favourite events to host um, with your seminars, um, because money 
something completely different than we imagined. So, um, yeah, where, where do we begin to unravel this issue around money that we all seem to have? So, so the loveliest thing about money is when I say it's a, it's a really strong taskmaster, it is the one area that you, no matter who you are, doesn't matter what family you come from, if you sit down with money, if you have a conversation with money, and yes, I actually get my clients to have conversations with money. If you have a conversation with money, you will begin to see all of the language that inhabits your relationship with it. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Uh, it's greedy. God's going to hit me or smite me with a piece of two by four if I go after it. Um, daring greatly is going to cost you greatly. These are the kinds of things that you begin to hear yourself saying. And yet, we connect with money at a very deep level from a very early age without knowing it. So for me, as a three-year-old, we had, uh, there is a, a plant in, in South Africa called a canna. And it has these beautiful little round seeds. And I used to collect those and harvest them because I figured out, even at that age, that the more of those I had, if I gave them to mom and she planted them, we would have even more of those plants. So I was already beginning to grasp the concept of, of the flow of money. And then as a, as a growing up kid, I realized that there were a lot of people throwing bottles and bottle tops uh, around. But if you took those into the grocery store, you had this thing called money. They would pay you for it. And it would buy candy and I could save some. So it had been with me for a long time. And then as I grew up, it was like, well, we don't speak about it. It's not polite. It's not educated. It's greedy. You shouldn't want it. And I, I kind of slipped into that systemic trance like so many of us do. And in order to belong in my family system or, or in the system of society, it was, let's make it small, let's not look at it, let's not do too much. You know, there's something wrong with those people who have it. But in the meantime, I really wanted it too. <laughs> so it, it was yeah. having a look at, how do I manage to have this relationship with, with money and be in good standing with my soul? Because I figured the two were opposite ends of the spectrum. Well, there's, there's an interesting piece in there because this is something that people often don't think about when it comes to money. And that is, um, you actually spelled it out in your casino story in your upcoming book. Tell us a little bit about that because that's, that's kind of an aspect of money that a lot of people think they're doing a good thing when actually they're kind of denying money, oh, aren't they? Oh, my goodness, yes. This was when I, when I looked at it, I thought, poor money has been trying to reach me because, I mean, we're all saying, I want more money. And then when money comes along through a door that we don't expect, we go, you should go away. You don't look right. <laughs> so, so my casino story was um, I'd been into the casino with a group of friends and I was holding their coins and mine. And we really needed it at that stage. I had just a teeny little bit that I'd taken with me to gamble. That was it. I learned very quickly, you don't, you don't go to the ATM. So I'm standing with my little bit, and I take three coins, and I put them in, and I hit a jackpot. And it wasn't a huge jackpot, but it was a sizable jackpot. And as I looked down, I realized with absolute horror that I'd taken them out of the wrong um, jar. 
I've taken them out of the jar with holding for the others. So what does my mind go? It doesn't say, well, gee, let me replace those three coins. No, 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 no. In my mind, it's, well, I took their coins. Therefore, this money belongs to them. And I gave them the whole jackpot. And they took it. So when you, They took it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I'm dumb enough to do it, I guess they're going to be thrilled enough to take it. <laughs> but I looked at it afterwards and I thought, money is trying so hard to be a friend and a companion and a partner with me. And boy, did I really know how to shove it away. It didn't matter which window or crack it tried to come in through. I would find ways to be a saint and not have any. And frankly, mm. it's not saintly. No, it's not. It's not. So at that point, that's when you started looking at how you could reduce your resistance. A little. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I went on a walk that I describe as well, where I, I first really, I mean, because I, I really want to be in good standing with God. You know, these ideas of sainthood were something. And uh, so I went on a walk and I said, okay, God, there are people with money who don't seem to be going to hell right now. In fact, they seem to be having rather nice lives. Is there a way that I can have money and have you and have love? And there was a sort of chuckle. I kid you not, I could hear the universe laughing at me. So I got a little bit bolder and I kept talking and I kept talking. And then I said, well, okay, I haven't been hit by lightning on this walk. I haven't been smoked with a piece of two by four. So I'm going to have a conversation with money. And oh my goodness, money speaks. We say money speaks, but we don't realize what we're saying. It speaks. And it began to show me all the ways that I wasn't partnering with it, all the ways that I would find to do things for free when really compensation was, was the right thing, and all the ways I was cheapening what I was learning and what I was giving people. And uh, it had a couple of stern things to say to me. But um, I also then began to look at how does this live in my family. And in my family, there have been lots of missed opportunities. We've all found ways to say to money, well, thanks very much, but um, if you're not here with a pink bow looking very saintly, we can't accept you. So it was really having that first conversation with money. And of course, since then, I've had many conversations with money. In fact, before I do anything or undertake any project, I go and have a conversation with my partner. Because money is a very strong partner and it has things to say. And I've learned every time I strike that resistance to go down and write down all of those sentences and, and then ask myself, is this mine? Where did it come from? Who does it belong to? And is it limiting me or is it empowering me? Mm. And if it's limiting me, what do I need to say that's going to flip that? You say that um, when we look at money, we need to look at it through the lens of the systemic principles of belonging, balance of give and receive and order. And when we do that, we can quickly identify which one has a stuck and then home in on that. Can you, can you expand on that a bit and explain it a bit more to me? Yes, very nice. So as you know, in systems, uh, we have three governing principles or three that are always in play. And um, 
They are balance of give and receive, belonging, and order. So if we look at, if I, for example, say, well, I can't take that, you know, money is just, it's a greedy thing. What am I doing? I'm saying in order to belong, I cannot accept money. And is that the truth? Because I can also belong and do great good with money. So it's having a look at the limiting belief that's tied to belonging. If we were looking at balance of give and receive, you know and I know, everybody tells you it's far more blessed to give than to receive. I know, I got told that by the nuns, I got told that by my parents, I, I mean, I got told that by my grandparents. That is a, a very strong, almost global systemic sentence. But what we don't hear is that doesn't mean give it all. I mean, I can remember being a kid at school who, you know, they would come around with a collection plate and tell me you've, you've got to put your coin in, but they would never let me take change. And I thought, if I keep doing this, I'm going to be the one who needs that plate. Mm. So it was, it was a matter of how did I belong? And then was I giving too much? And could I receive in balance? Because what you want to notice for yourself is how often somebody offers to pay for a meal or offers to pay for your services and you go, oh, no, don't worry about it. Really? You just told your partner it's not important. And yeah. money, is very, money is very clear. If you don't wish for me to be around, I will go somewhere else. Yes. Um, uh, you, you talk about um, how we will know if the balance of give and receive is, is our issue. You say that people have got a problem in that area. We might hear things like, oh, no, I don't need money. I just do it for the love. <laughs> or I don't need much to get by. We, we are diminishing it all, aren't we? All the time. And, and money doesn't need to be diminished. It is abundance. It is there for everybody. There is not this finite supply that we keep imagining. The minute you add worth, the minute that, that it's due you, if you're not receiving it, you're actually backing up the system. You're not allowing for flow. So now you're contributing to that systemic system that says, there's not enough, don't be greedy, you can't have it. It's not smart. Mm. What is the third one? The third one is order, being out of order. I will take care of you even though I'm the smaller one. And you see this sometimes with countries. You see this sometimes in family. I'm the small one, but you're not big enough. Therefore, I will take care of you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Or I will take care of everything. And this can feel like a burden. I'm the one who's always financially responsible. Well, if you are, are you respecting the walk of the other? Or are you simply crippling so that they cannot evolve? So you want to be super careful. So how would we identify that? What sort of things might we 
hear ourselves saying or hear others saying. With okay, so I want to go back to your balance of give and receive because there is another way in which you can know very quickly with money if you're off or on. If you're working, and I've seen this over and over again with the people I work with, if they are overcompensated, they will frequently tell me things like, I don't need all this. I'm being overpaid. This is too much. And they will find ways to lose it. On the other side of the stick, people who are being underpaid go, oh, my goodness, they expect more and more and more for less and less and less. You're telling yourself where you're out of balance, but you're not paying attention. So you really want to listen very, very carefully to your language around money. Again, remember, it probably doesn't come from just you. It's probably a multi-generational money pattern. And it's sitting with you right now because it's going, for goodness sake, can you just change me? Give me a different way to flow. Mm. Yeah. And, and you will also hear it, by the way, in belonging, just to go back to, to the belonging piece. You can hear it very quickly when people are around wealthy people they suddenly don't know how to speak about money and nor do wealthy people because they're sitting in different, at different stages with money. They're having different conversations and so quite often the one doesn't understand the other. Yeah. So there are yeah. levels of money conversation. It's, it's, um, it's a very deep uh, kind of process really, isn't it? I mean, we really have to get to grips with this. We don't understand you know, where we're kind of leaking money, if you like, all over the place, um, with our speech, with the way we feel and think about it, and think about ourselves as well. Absolutely. We're not only leaking money, but if there's a poor dike with a hole where water or money could pour through, we're plugging it too. So, I mean, we're like in a soundproof, waterproof system where nothing gets in. And the, the first thing that you want to do if you want to welcome money is to look at those sentences and to ask yourself, in what way could I welcome money as a friend? And you will have feelings about that. You will have feelings about that. How can I welcome it as a friend? How can I look at it? Because money also, by the way, has two different layers. You can either see it as, as a commodity or you can see it as a spiritual flow. And it changes substantially once you switch from the one to the other. The minute you start to see it as spiritual flow, as kindness, as partner, as friend, that is how it will express for you. Well, that's something that many in the spiritual community should be doing. I mean, it's quite common in the spiritual community for people to have a problem, um, you know, uh, they give too much. Um, they feel bad about accepting money because they believe, you know, that if they're doing something spiritual, it's a God-given gift and therefore you can't charge for it. But when you see it as a spiritual flow, that changes the whole, you know, perspective. Absolutely. And when people say that to me, I, I ask them, I assume then that all doctors and therapists and architects and all of those do not have God-given gifts. Because... If it was a God-given gift, yeah. then they shouldn't be charged for their services either. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah, if you're going to look at it that way, it's all a God-given gift. Is it, I mean, can we 
change the patterns simply by talking to money or do we need first to understand the lineage to understand where this began and and how it's being expressed through us so for me i would say there is a three part process first understand the first understand how it lives in you so what you want to do is sit down and say write down all the things you think about money all the feelings you have about money and all the actions you take or don't take around it so that's number 1 because you have at least an understanding or a sometimes not sometimes a blind spot but you know what you say once you say it once you get the feeling that that aligns with that once you get that sense you know how it lives in you then you want to ask yourself when did that first start what was the event that started me thinking this way or has this always lived in my family too what was their original event do we know it even if you don't know it you know how it feels in your body and mm. then when you sit down with that then then you can begin to see um how it how it acts and reacts or doesn't in your world and then it's literally to turn around and and begin to say i know you're out there somewhere can we have a conversation and begin talking to money this is how i see you these are my fears around it this is how i interact with you um i'd like to shift it to this and then what you do is you reach for the next best thought you can have about money and the next best feeling you can have about money and you take the next best action you can take around a money now you've got that whole piece aligned and it can feel really scary and uncomfortable but that's only because it's a little bit like a kid getting on a bike for the first time it does not feel safe the end of the world feels around the corner but if you keep pedaling that bike you have freedom and you have access to places you didn't imagine money is no different I find it personally I find it really interesting to look at you know for myself to look at the genetics look at the stories look at you know the history of the family and um you know I mean you talk about meta patterns and you talk about things that you know other generations might have lived through slavery genocide famines pandemics wars etc and i think about my mother who had massive problems with money and could never earn much and could never hold on to what she did have um i mean you know she had five children to support without a husband right. uh, who died but i remember one of the things that she never could let go of she used to have um a big deep enamel red bin the sort of thing that you might have you know found around in the 40s or 50s and in that bread bin she used to keep tins of baked beans and she must have had i don't know a dozen 16 cans of baked beans in there if ever she used one it had to be replaced immediately she could never ever see a shortage of baked beans in that bread bin because for some reason that had become her little blanket of security and i've seen it with a lot of people who lived through the second world war in england as well absolutely absolutely what you've touched on there is very important what you may have missed <clears> is two things number 1 your mother's baked beans were her money 
They, they were her way of, of saying, I can feed my family. My family is safe. You've got to have those baked beans. That was her currency. That was what she could have. So your mother was, in fact, quite a smart lady. She may not have had the coinage, but she had what she needed, the flow. So there was that. The other thing you said was my mother couldn't hold on to it. She had five children. It came in and it flowed out. Your mother was very smart. She invested in five children. So be very clear. She may not have, again, had the coinage, but she had the currency. And if she couldn't, if she, but she was very wise. If she didn't have the coins, she knew how to invest in what could grow and feed and sustain. And we miss that. So yay, mom. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, and there but with mom, ways. she then, sorry, with mom, she no. then gives you the incentive to say, well, okay, canned beans are, are all very nice, but could we have some pennies and pounds and things here? I can't stand beans. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you know, let me tell you why you, here's why you can't stand beans, by the way. It's not just the taste. You've outgrown the beans. Yes. In other words, you've outgrown yes. the minimum. In other words, she's actually pushed you forward to where yes. you go and the minimum is not going to cut it for me anymore. I am now going to change that systemic sentence. If I have a bin, it's not going to have beans. It may have caviar, but we're not putting beans in there. Yeah. yeah, and this is the other thing that we really do need to learn to change our perspective on because we often look back through history and we see we see the problem side of it. We don't see the positives that have benefited us. Yes, we also don't see the possibility side of it. So again, in the, in the book, you'll see that we have <coughs> two languages and we are raised on on survival language. We're not raised on possibility language, and yet that belongs to us as much as the other. So it's two halves of the one language. Um, what you've done is you've actually, without knowing it and naming it, you've started to move into possibility language. But when we don't know it and name it, it means we're not acknowledging the progress we're making. We're not seeing it. So we still think that we're locked into the old pattern. And what money is saying is, can you please see me? Can you see the progress you are making? Now can you name the progress you want? Because if you do, you and I will go there. Yeah, yeah, yes. So, I mean, these meta patterns are really important. I mean, you talk about Hugely things like um, country, ethnicity, culture, um, even gender and our position in the family make a difference. Of course, of course. If you're a male, you must earn more than a female. And we've yeah. made that the truth. Is it the truth? No, but we've made it the truth. If you're the first, you should inherit everything. Is that the truth? No, but we've made it the truth. Why? You always want to ask yourself why. With the men, it's because for the longest time, they supported the family. That was their way of adding weight. So that made perfect sense. So when yeah. we look at something and we think that's wrong, no. It's a pattern that's outlived its use. To make it wrong is foolish because then we don't learn what it's taught us and we don't take the gifts with thanks, which means we're still sitting back in the same pattern. Yeah, indeed. We're going to take a short break now, Judy. You're listening to What Is Going On. I'm Sandy Sedgbeer. 
and you're listening to episode two in a powerfully transformative seven episode web series co-created with internationally renowned organizational and family patterns expert, systemic coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Judy Wilkins-Smith. And this week, Judy's offering valuable insights into decoding your money DNA. We'll be back with more from Judy Wilkins-Smith after the break. The future of internet radio is here. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Being a radio host on IOM FM allows you to build your show on a rich platform with the power of the internet to fulfill your outreach goals and connect with a very specialized and global online audience, unlimited by time and distance. Ohm Times Radio will provide you with web relevance, a recognizable conscious brand, and with the standard of excellence that has accompanied every single Ohm Times endeavor. Host your show with Ohm Times Radio Network. Vox Novus, the new voice. Vox Novus, the new dimension. Vox Novus, thought and movement leaders who will share from their experience and offer tools to help us navigate our rapidly changing world. My name is Victor Furman. Join me every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Ohm Times Radio for Vox Novus, the new voice. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mental health. Most people think it means mental illness. Most people are wrong. Mental health doesn't apply to just some of us. It applies to everyone. We're all susceptible to anxiety and depression. They're human conditions. And no person should ever feel embarrassed, ashamed, or be discriminated against for being human. Cracked the Podcast strips away the shame, fear, and stigma by expanding the conversation into areas less often visited. From brain and body chemistry, hormones, food, nutrition, trauma, and the microbiome, to pharmaceutical drugs, psychedelic substances, meditation, visionary experiences, and spiritual awakenings. Cracked, the podcast, will explore them all, including the notion that, for many, breakdown can be the beginning of breakthrough. For in the words of singer-songwriter Leonard Cohen, there is a crack in everything. It's where the light gets in. Cracked, the podcast, slaying the dragons of mental health. Join co-hosts Sandy Sedgebeer and Rebecca Shaper on the first and third Thursday of every month at 12 noon Eastern Time. 19 brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. If you're feeling increasingly lonely right now, you're not alone. 
It's totally normal. Even though we may not be able to get together in person, connecting virtually with friends and family still gives you a chance to interact with people and may help raise your spirits. Join a virtual book club, set up group text chats or online video coffee breaks with coworkers. Find more self-care and coping tips at coping-19.org. Welcome back, Judy Wilkins-Smith. There is an area here in the meta patterns that I would think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying that, you know, um, all of the things that we discussed before don't have a big impact, but there is one that seems to me to be historically pretty darn ancient, and that's the one involving gender. Um, you know, women, organisations, you know, they compensate people according to skill set, time in company and gender. But often it doesn't matter how skilled you are, if you're a man, you're going to get more money than a woman is. I mean, how does one deal with patterns like that, meta patterns that, you know, go way, 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 way back? Yeah, those lovely meta patterns. So the way, and there are many of them, you're right. This is, in, in fact, Sandy, one of the things to really recognize right now is the way that the world is right now and the bit of a situation that we're in is because we are so entrenched in our history that we're not creating the future. Yeah. So that's something to think about. That mm. said, to be able to, to move to the future, we need people who are uh, willing to look at the pattern you've just described in place, acknowledge it, acknowledge all that it has brought and given to us, and give it its place. And then we have to start changing it. Now, what does that look like? Because a lot of people think that that means men should move over and uh, women should move in. It doesn't work that way. Men have an established system when it comes to money. It's been in place, as you said, for thousands of years. Women traditionally did not participate in that. So we're pretty young into the process as women when it comes to being able to carry our full weight, being able to get into those spaces. But we also hold ourselves hostage. Every time we say, well, women will never get paid the same, we've just perpetuated the pattern. So for women to start adding value in a way that they feel, because it begins with you, that they feel is good and worthy and enough, and then ask for that commensurate value is when you'll start pulling that in. And if we do that with women without telling men it's now their turn to sit in the corner, we'll have a much more balanced society. So it's one at a time, one at a time. If, you know, we're so quick to say we're not making progress. But if we look at where women are financially compared to 100 years ago, we've made really good progress. Again, we don't stop, look, acknowledge, include, and therefore weave it into our patterns. We've got to start mindfully finding ways in which women have differentiators that add to a system in ways that give them that equal weight. And they've got to feel it. It comes from each woman. If I walk in and say, well, I'm going to earn as much as that guy is and he better get out the way, what am I doing? I'm setting up a clash and once again I'm saying there's not enough. 
instead of there is place for both of us. Mm. So again, you've got to watch your money language. Does that answer your question? It does. It does. Um, in a sense, what you've been talking about without actually um, labelling it as such, what you've been telling us is about the different levels of money DNA. Um, and you have a, a chart where you have seven levels. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about the ones that we're blind to, um, you know, that we've got, you know, we've closed off to, we don't see, we get be active about, um, and we're in kind of survival. And then we get to level four, which is when the possibilities begin, as you've said. Um, you said that about me with the beans, you know, that now um, I'm looking at the possibilities, I'm changing the possibility here. And this is when it becomes, uh, you know, a transformational thing um, in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us about level five and up and give us, um, give us some languaging that we can use, um, you know, to get used to, you know, changing the way we think and speak. Okay. So I know you said let's look at level five, but let's look at level four. You know what? I may be keeping myself stuck. Um, you know what else? Limitation isn't serving me at all. Uh, you know what? There's a lot I can do if I say yes to money. And here's the biggest one on level four. I am allowed to have you. I'm allowed to be open to you. I'm allowed to partner with you. When you start giving yourself permission to engage with money, to welcome it, to interact with it, to learn about it and to become wise, the next thing that happens, as it always does, is if you've got a lot of everything, if you've really made it, what's the first thing that you want to do? You want to share it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so what happens is you look, at, you look at money and you go, I've made it, I'm worth it, I accept it. Um, how can I grow this with others? How do I get to do this so that more people I love or more people around me can play at this level? Because it's, a lo it's fun when I have a lot of friends at that level. My dreams are starting to come true. Oh my goodness, dreams really can come true. So it's again beginning to live in the possibility. Because when you live in impossibility, now you're not blaming anybody else for your lack of money. You're not defaulting to that ancient DNA of, um, I don't have, you've taken it from me in our family, we don't have. You're actually saying money and I are possible together and I want to figure this out. So what you start to do is you say, you know what, I'm really good at this. And if I don't spend all that money like my ancestors did, uh, or the ones during the Second World War or the Depression, I have enough that I can start growing it. Well, you're now immediately reversing a pattern. You're starting to see the possibilities of what might happen if you do have more. And if I have more, there's that gorgeous house down there that I could put a deposit on. Well, the minute you do that, you're really enthusiastic about applying yourself to the ways that you can you can make that happen. Um, and it's, it's Let's make it happen and more see it happen. Because once you see it happen, you become passionate about what you're doing. Now you and money have a, a strong partnership and what you're doing really has value and worth. And so 
that is your next piece is the dreams, the goals, the how do I do that? Then when you, when you move through that, you get to level six, which is I am abundant. I understand that money is a flow of energy and you really do. You begin to see money very, very differently. You can feel it when you're partnering with money and you can see the outcome of what you're doing. Now it's not just about your dreams, it's about your dreams and the dreams of your community. Now you're able to work with others to increase that, to, to make a better world around you. Now life starts to be fun because you're on an adventure. And surprise, surprise, God hasn't wiped you out and you, you, you haven't died. So yeah. you, you now begin to realize that those limiting sentences are pieces that you bought into and accepted. You know, I think I've said to you before, we're very good spell casters. We tell ourselves things and then we believe them. And the minute you buy the belief that you're selling yourself, it becomes the truth. So then in this, in this situation, it becomes, what is the highest truth that I'm willing to sell myself right now? What is the best, greatest, happiest truth? How far can I take my potential? What is possible for me? What is possible for others? And you begin to have a clear sense at that point that it is also not all about you, that you are changing things for the women you spoke about, for the communities that we, we serve. Now it becomes a medium of happiness. And guess what? You're the one who's partnered with it in that way. It was waiting for you to do that all along. Mm. Creating healthy money DNA, which is something you speak about. Um, you talk about uh, after we've you know, looked at some of these patterns, limiting thoughts and feelings um, and their origins, um, and we get into grips with that, um, you know, how do we, how do we uncover the deeper, you know, saboteurs, the, um, because there's layers and layers of this stuff in us, isn't Oh, yeah. There? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, because I have billionaires that I work with, and I say to them, so in, in today's world, you'd be considered a bit of an Aladdin. Make a wish, you can make the wish come true. And I kid you not, I have more than one or two of them that say to me, I can spend it. And we've got to sit down. They've had a goal that said, keep my family safe. Make sure the business is flowing. But they haven't looked beyond that to see, what is my deep heart desire? How could I have fun with this? How could I create something that benefits people? We don't look at that. So that's the next layer that we start to build. The minute you've taken care of survival, you start to move into creative. So it's almost the reactive into the creative. And when you start to be creative, you want to keep asking yourself, what can I do with this? What are the adventures? What is the fun? How can we grow? And how can I share how to talk to money? How to interact with it? Does that make sense? Absolutely. You know, there are many, many um, very wealthy people, people who have, you know, either inherited the money 
or worked very hard to get it, who become more and more fearful the more money they have. I remember during um, you know, the 2008 crash uh, reading about um, a guy who committed suicide because he was down to his last several million. Um, you know, it right. becomes the, the fear around money kind of balloons in situations like that. And suddenly it's not, oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to eat next week. It's, oh, I'm afraid, you know, I'm going to go under the five million mark. You know, well, which yes, is but think ridiculous. About it this way. You know, think that it's really not ridiculous. I mean, we think it is. It's not. Think about it this way. What that person has just done is defaulted to his family system's money sentence. I could lose it all. I could fail miserably. Pick one. He's just fulfilled the prophet of doom because he didn't know what was living in his family system. And now he thinks he's messed up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. For the rest of us, five million times like we're fine. I'll, I'll take that. But for somebody who's been up that high and they've pushed the envelope, if they haven't done their inner work, they're still, and they don't know what lives in their system, they're still at risk of defaulting to the limiting sentence if it looks like the sky is falling. So if they haven't built the antidote sentences, which is what I sometimes call them, and if they haven't looked at what lives there and now what's possible, and given what is there a place and moved into what's possible, there's a very strong possibility that they can get trapped back into that same piece and think they are dying when in fact they are not. Wow. That's, so what, that's something that I, you know, I hadn't looked at it from that perspective. And it just goes to show that it's all the more important to find out what, you know, what the, uh, the pattern, the family pattern is, the default pattern. It's so important. It's, it's, this is called money genealogy, for, for want of a better word. Yes, money genealogy. What happened in my family? Where did it happen? What was the impact? What did we say about that? What did we feel about that? What were the actions we took? What did we pass on to our children? So but how do... but the, the flip side of that is when it gets to you and it feels icky, sticky, and limiting... It's come to you precisely because you're the way out. And it knows that. This is your job. That's your this job. This is your job, yeah. For the That's rest it. of the family, for the future family. Exactly. This is your job, yeah. Yep. So finding the hidden saboteurs, and what were those, what is it you called them? Um, antidote? 
Uh, I call them antidote sentences. Tell me about Antidote that. sentences are huge things. And I'm beginning to find out more and more about them in, in health areas, in relationships, definitely in money. So your, your sentences, your sentences that really grab you and tweak you and make your stomach go into knots, those are your systemic sentences, the ones that live in the, in the, the system. The, oh, I can't, I'm not good enough, I'm bad. Those are your systemic sentences. Those are the ones that keep you small and limited and make sure you don't step outside the box. But your antidote sentences, which are the sentences of possibility, are, I know how to work. I can create value. I can save even just a little bit and build it. I'm so excited. You know what? I want to go and get that dress or that book or that house. And if I save for it by doing this, this, and this, I can take money, we can partner and go and get that thing. And that's your first one. After that, it's, well, if I, if I could buy a book or a house, what else can I do? Could I have this flow around all the time instead of only now and then? Well, let's have a look. In your family, if, it's, if money is, it comes, it goes, what you then want to do is an antidote sentence is, in my hands, you can stay. In my hands, you can grow. I will make sure that I'm a wise steward and I, I keep you around and grow you and give you places to flow. Now you're speaking a completely different language. Now if you, and if, when you hit the right one for you, you'll actually find that your heart opens, your brain starts to get really creative, and the most telling of all, your stomach stops tying up in knots and it becomes the compass it was meant to be. Because your gut is your center. And it will tell you, oh, my goodness, you just did it. So this month's, this episode's piece of homework, um, you recommend uh, starting uh, my relationship with money journal. And people can start documenting their journey. And um, you suggest the number of words, the questions that they can ask themselves as the beginning for that. Could you just go through those? Um, so if we have a look at the journal and the questions that you could ask yourself, what does money feel like to me? What is, what is it? No, first of all, let me go and have a look at my thoughts. What do I think about money? Mm -hmm. Everything. I want you to write everything. Then what do I feel about money and where in my body? What does my gut do when I talk about money? Is it the compass? Or is it the warning? Because it'll be one or the other. What are the actions I take around money or don't take around money? And what do I tell myself about the way that money is for me? What do I make it mean about me? And what do I make it mean about others? And when you've started, when you've got that down, then ask yourself one simple question. What is my heart's deepest desire? What do I want more than anything? It doesn't matter whether it's a relationship, whether it's uh, health, whatever it is. Money will be there somewhere. doesn't matter if it's to get that new dress because you want to see that person. 
doesn't matter whether it's to pay for something that you need in the health arena. Money is waiting to partner with you. But you want to ask yourself that one question. What is my heart's deepest desire? Because that is your key into what money can become with you and through you. And if you do just that, you're going to be walking the road. When you are working with people purely on money DNA, what is the biggest stumbling block or the most common stumbling block that you find? True. I don't deserve it and I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't have 20 degrees. I'm not good enough. I'm not um, Steven Spielberg. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve who am I? So this one goes back to all sorts of religious and, and other connotations. Who am I to deserve the money? Why should money be with me? What have I done for money to flow to me? Who are you to not say yes? Who are you to not be a way forward? Who are you to not change the system? Mm. If you're looking for somebody to come rescue the world... Go look in the mirror. There they are. Yeah. Yeah. Why shouldn't money come to you if you're somebody who could help so many others? Money requires one thing. Be, well, a couple. Be open. Be kind. Welcome me. I will play with you. How, and be how? willing. So Go far. ahead. And be willing to learn from it. It will teach you. Every time your stomach tightens... Ask money what you're trying to, what it is trying to teach you. Yeah, one of the things that I, you know, hear from friends uh, is that boundary question. You know, they find that um, if there's somebody who've never had really good boundaries and give a lot away um, or give away more than they should or don't put, you know, um, a sensible value on themselves, that even when money comes along. That old pattern seems to often come up again and bite them in the backside. You know, it, it seems to uh, resurface. And, you know, now that I've got this money, well, then I ought to charge less. You know, I don't need so to charge more. And the boundary thing becomes, it's, you know, it becomes a very nebulous kind of thing, doesn't it? No, well, what they've just done is go back to the systemic sentence. I've got more than enough. Boom, stop. No more money. Got more than enough. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So here's, here's a, a very quick thing that I do when I'm working with people as well. When they start that kind of thing, I give them an m and I, I line up people along a far side of the wall, and I give them uh, a bowl of I, – I hold a bowl of M&Ms, and I say, can you see all those people? Those are all the people that you give to. Yes, they've got it. And so I say, here's one M&M. Go and give it to one of them. And I make them run back and forward and give it to, to each of those one at a time. But as they're running back the other way, I'm telling the ones at the other end, eat the M&M, eat the M&M. So now they're standing with their hands out again. And eventually, after about an hour, people look at me and say, I'm done. And I go, okay. And if I gave you this whole bowl of M&Ms, and they go, oh, well, then I could give to everybody and I'd have. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We weren't made to hoard it, squander it or any of that. We were, made, we were born to make it abundant and to 
to do what we want to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost out of time, Judy. I know that you've got a free event coming up later this month. Um, anyone can join it. So tell us a little bit about that. And I also um, want you to just quickly tell us about the events you're doing at Disney World later this year that sound like a lot of fun. Only with pleasure. So July 21st, and that is 7.30 p.m. Central Time. I have a free event where people can come and ask me anything and everything they want to ask me about emotional DNA, money DNA, relationship DNA, any of the places that they find themselves stuck. Because the minute you ask a question, everybody else gets the answer. So super important. And then, yes, the money DNA at Disney World, that is October the 28th through the 31st. And there are a couple of specials with that. So anybody who signs up for that by August the 1st, will also get my emotional DNA class for only $125. Normally, it's a lot more. So you're saving an entire module. But the one at Disney World, I, I actually run the money one at Disney World because it teaches people what it's like to live in the heart of magic and the heart of money DNA with a man who had to overcome his own limiting money DNA. In fact, if he didn't have his brother Roy, we might not have had Disney World, but there were two very different money DNAs in circulation. So we go very deep. We work hard during the day. And then during the evening, we go into the park and you get to see what's possible when you say yes to money. Mm. Yeah. Um, I love the D Disney story, by the way. So the free event later this month, where would people register for that? Um, they would go to my website, judywilkins-smith.com, and it should be listed there already. If they glitch for any reason, they can send me an email immediately, and we'll make sure that they get registered and receive the information they need, and there will be a Zoom link that is sent to them. Good. And I love the fact that your money um, DNA at Disney World in October, um, people actually get a four-day park ticket. <laughs> as well yes they do i make very sure that they get to go and play in the magic and recognize that disney for the longest time thought he wasn't good enough until he gave up the idea and when he did that's what he created yeah yeah look at and what every single one of us has there is nobody who doesn't have that potential well judy we're out of time now thank you um, yeah, given me lots to chew on here, um, but you can be sure I won't be chewing on beans. Um, and <laughs> we'll come back next month with more. I can't wait. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. So, Judy will be back with us for episode three of Transforming Your Money, Transforming Your Destiny by Decoding Your Emotional DNA on Thursday, August the 5th, when we will be focusing on our health. DNA, because that is something else that is within your power to transform. Anyway, I'll be back with a regular edition of what is going on at the same time next week. And till then, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks, Judy.